The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate world. the work of those who follow it. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers who are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Tuesday morning. We've got some great guests lined up for you, and I'm just going to put out a warning. A warning. This show is going to make you mad. Okay, It's going to make you mad. Like in a different way of some kind of politician nonsense, okay? This is going to make you mad. But I'm just giving you a warning that we're going to get to that in just a minute. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com, SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you'd like to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the faces made for radio, head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com, scroll down on the right side of the page, and you'll see where we're live here on one of the many platforms that we're on. Just click on and enlarge that, and then click on the icon. Join us in the chat room. We've got a lot of friends there in the chat this morning, 
as always. Good to see you guys. You know, and it's great to see you guys encouraging one another. When somebody has a loss, many of you, when I mentioned my mom and the Parkinson's diagnosis, uh, to have your prayers. Just want to say thank you for that. And to encourage and build one another up. That is what the church is for. It is to build one another up in the faith. It is to point one another. When we're down and we're looking everywhere else, it is to point one another to Christ and to the Father, to His sovereignty, to His providence, to trust in Him and then to obey Him. And so, uh, again, great encouragement by seeing a lot of the people in the chat. So uh, don't think that you go unseen. And I know other people are appreciative of that as well. Also, right above where we're streaming live, is a Bradley show from yesterday. And uh, if you didn't get a hold of that, you probably want to catch up with that one. And then he'll be live again, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central today. Above that is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Remember, we don't rent your email, sell it, or spam it. And um, you get one email a day, including the morning show archive. So if you miss this, if you get part of it, or you want to, you're looking for a website or something to help, or any of these kinds of things, <clears throat> that'll be in the archive later this morning. Okay, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Finally, if you would like to help us, we have needs. We, that's all we let you know. We never ask you for money. We're going to do what we're going to do, but we can't do it without you. There's a donate button, top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that, and you make a one-time donation, or you can become a partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. That link is also at the top of the page. And our store is there. Lots of products in there. Start conversations and things. This week, we're highlighting the Prayer That Rocked the Capitol DVD. Again, this is from 2011. We've highlighted this before. Bradley being invited to provide the opening prayer at the Minnesota uh, House session there. And, uh, yeah, it was a simple prayer. I don't think there was anything that should have been controversial in there, but it was because he was going into public schools and telling the students things that their teachers and the principals weren't telling them and bringing our Christian and constitutional heritage to bear uh, upon their minds. And, boy, he prayed this prayer. I think it was because he said in Jesus' name that uh, you know more than 2,000 media outlets across the country picked it up within an hour and uh, just misconstrued exactly everything he said. It was not, I mean, really, it was nothing. The prayer was really nothing that was should have been controversial at all, especially here in America, but yet it's there. So normally it says $20. You use the promo code in our store, prayer, this week through Saturday at midnight. That's prayer through Saturday midnight. You'll get 25% off the DVD. So if you've been wanting to pick that up and check it out, um, now's your time to do it now through Saturday midnight. Now, with that said, before I bring our guests on, I want to bring on, I want to put this one thing because when I saw it yesterday, I, I'm just, I just want to share this with you. Remember these criminals at the FDA, the CDC, these big pharma companies, all these corrupt, uh, vaccine gene therapy hustlers in Congress that get their money for campaigns from Big Pharma and all the Mockingbird media who get 30 to 40% of their advertising from these same criminals at Big Pharma, okay? They're wanting to get five-year-olds now. I want you to see a newborn, okay, whose mother had the shot just before he was born. All right, brace yourself for this because this is not a pretty thing. This is a newborn, okay? Look at what he's... The, the little fella can't keep himself still. Not like a baby who can keep himself still. Look at what's going on here. 
This little fella is just a shaking. And he doesn't know any different. He, he just, he doesn't know any different. Now, what it says here is my niece had her second child last month. She resisted being vaccinated through the pregnancy until a month before the baby was born because she would need a cesarean section. And the hospital and the doctors told her they would not allow her into the hospital unless she had the jab. Well, you guessed it. She complied, and the result is that the baby is back in the hospital, needs a brain scan as they cannot fathom what is causing the jitters, which are getting worse. Apparently, every test they have taken has come back negative, and they admit they have no idea what is causing the... I can tell you what's causing the problem. The shot. Why are these people not six feet under who are pushing this stuff? Ugh. So he's in Grand Ormond street hospital to do further investigations i don't know exactly where that is this came across my telegram i wanted to share that with you guys i'll have it up um, so that you can share it with people because even pregnant moms need to you just need to be careful you don't need to be dealing in something that's experimental you are the experiment be careful of this my goodness i i don't know what else i can say um except be careful you you need to you need to be wise Ugh. In any case, we've got some guests on the line with us this morning. Mark and Terry Stamen. Uh, he is a Air Force veteran. 20 years he's retired. And they have seven children together from their 23-year marriage. They live in the conservative state, right, of Kentucky. And they have an incredible story to tell. Now, most of you know my story involvement with CPS over nine months. And my children were never taken, but I can tell you it took me to some dark places with threats they made to do that. Okay, It took me to some very dark places. And this is just an area you don't go to with people. You don't go in the place where you go and kidnap their kids. And this is what this is. They have these children who've been taken from them. And uh, you know, one of the things that uh, is very clear is that they want to help people who are in their situation. They're not just, it's, this is about us. This is happening across the board. And if you guys remember my friend Jim White from Northwest Liberty News, one of the things he was doing was daily, he was inundated with calls and people coming in with this kind of thing from CPS, and it just wore him down. I mean, he just didn't have any energy. It took him out emotionally, spiritually, physically, um, to where he just had to put a hold on that. So it's my privilege to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, Mark and Terry Stamen. Good morning, guys. Hi, Hi Tim. Good day to you and everyone out there in America, all of our fellow patriots. We're really uh, honored, Tim, to be with you this, uh, this morning. Uh, so thank you for having on, us on your great program. Yeah, well, we appreciate you taking time. I know it's early in the morning for you guys to be on, and we've got you on, on the phone this time instead of you know through the regular Zoom video methods. I want people to understand that. But you guys have a story, and uh, you know I watched your interview with Alex Newman, and we're, we're good friends. Uh, from earlier in this year, and it, I, I got to tell you, Mark, it makes me angry because I I know similarly where you're at. They didn't come actually take my kids, um, but I know similarly where you are. I know how that that pressure, that oversight, all this kind of stuff affects you, and it doesn't necessarily put you in the right <laughs> mindset at times. But uh, tell us a little bit about your story. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your service, because I want people to understand you're a man who served the country, and now 
your country has turned on you and they've kidnapped your kids. Can you can you give us a little background to you guys, uh, to you and Terry and, and your life and kind of lead people up to that? Take a five minutes or so to do that. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Tim. Um, first, I just want everyone to know what we're dealing with in our country is uh, we're dealing with a lot of lies. And uh, but for those of us who are in the light and those of us who are seeing the truth, um, we do uh, see a lot of people beginning to rise up and uh, expose the darkness. And uh, we have been thrust into a very dark situation that we've been dealing with for uh, a little bit over five and a half years now. And um, as, as you said, um, you know, there is an assault ongoing with, with families. And what's happening is there is a fraudulent operation uh, unfolding in respect to the breakup and destruction of the American family, good American families. And I'll touch upon that um, more here as we go through the interview. <clears throat> First, I just want to say that Terry and I have been very happily married for 23 years. As you said, we have seven beautiful children, all from our marriage. And uh, I am college degree. Terry has a high level of college education. And um, we were just quietly going about our business and um, 2016, as we had been for the previous 17 years up to that point, and uh, having kids, raising them, having a good, loving home, teaching them our Christian faith, um, just celebrating the the joys of life. And um, <clears throat> like you said, having been retired for a few years, I did serve my country honorably. Um, the American people, I believe, very strongly. And what our Declaration of Independence um, states, what we're about, our code. Uh, the U.S. Constitution, the rights that ensure our freedom. And uh, when we were thrust into this situation on an allegation, and it was just somebody making an allegation about us in respect to the care um, of our children, namely our 17-year-old daughter, um, you know, uh, we saw this assault happening on our rights. And we had been, you know, in, in touch with a couple stories here and there, but we really n- never understood the scope of the assault it was happening to thousands and even up to millions of people over the 20 years um, by the driver uh, that's causing all these things. And this is through the Clinton's Adoption and Safe Families Act of 1997, which incentivized CPS, the family court system, and other agencies in our state government with large amounts of our Title IV Social Security money. So what happened with us, Tim, is this. Um, we were always very attuned to the needs of our children and our children had always been very happy and healthy up until the time that they were taken. But we took our 17 year old daughter, Amy, uh, in for an eye test, just a simple eye test. You think a quick in and out, not going to have a problem. We went to a healthcare practitioner, a doctor that we had never seen before in February uh, of 2016. And during the course of this um, visit, what happened to us was that, um, this doctor began to make uh, some intrusive questions in respect to our daughter, um, in respect to her eating habits that, um, you know, we felt like we properly addressed just for this initial visit. Uh, but what happened was is that they wanted to take blood work without actually having our daughter, Amy, diagnosed with any kind of a condition. And she didn't want to do that. We didn't want to do that. So they just gave her some pamphlets, you know, respect to some things. And then we left after they conducted the overall welfare check. Now, within a few days of this visit, uh, Tim, we began receiving some harassing phone calls from this doctor. And like I said, it was a practitioner we had never seen before. Mark, can, uh, can I interrupt you just to say, are, are you saying, are you telling me 
This is the eye doctor you took her to who's asking this, or is this a different doctor? Well, this this was a family practice. Okay, okay. Uh, doctor. Yeah, it was not um, you know specific to that, but um, so in the course of this visit, um, at, at the end of the visit, we left, and then within a few days of the visit. We began receiving these harassing phone calls from the doctor insisting that Amy may have some additional problems and we needed to get back in the office immediately. And uh, in respect to her eating habits, even though there was no, you know, forensic data, nothing taken in in, in that regard. So um, what happened was, is that, uh, well, we, we refused to go back to that doctor because what we learned was that she was very young, fresh out of residency, and uh, we just wanted to go get a second opinion. And uh, during the interim period, um, around a month later, after that initial visit in February, we began to receive inquiry papers as if from CPS. The first one we received from the girlfriend of Terry's father during a family visit on Friday, March 25th. And um, we thought that was pretty strange. Um, And then we received another one the next day. And uh, as we started receiving these papers, you know, having, re- having been in the Air Force and I work with a lot of official government documentation, these, I, I had a lot of questions about the legitimacy of these documents. They were looking a little bit on the shoddy side and maybe even were rising to the level of a forgery. So I had some questions about it. And then um, we set up an appointment for the second opinion with another practitioner that Terry had been going to see on her own. And we were trying to consolidate all of our children under that one practitioner. So we went ahead with that appointment. And then, um, so during this appointment, uh, the practitioner went through the same type of a check. Amy's height and weight were, um, were different. She weighed a lot more and her height was shorter, which would have put her in a really good zone. Uh, the words to us were that she had a healthy weight. We felt really good about it. And then, um, uh, during this time, though, CPS continued their inquiry into our life. And uh, the next day, we had a police scene at our house at, in the dark of night. I was away from the home on business. This was on March 29th. And um, they, they showed up and they wanted, they wanted to come into our home without having a warrant. Uh, Terry, knowing that much, was able to turn them away. And said that, you know, they, they could come back if uh, if they wanted to when I came home, um, but they did not. And so, um, you know, they wanted Terry to open the door, let him come into our home, look at the kids. And uh, they wanted um, they wanted her to take Amy to the hospital immediately without ever actually identifying why they wanted us to do that. So, Amy, you know, <laughs> incredible, to, incredible. Yeah, well. Yeah, so pursuant to this, Sim, what happened was uh, we, we later discovered that under state law, having been, made an initial inquiry at our home, if, uh, if, if they were turned away, they were, require, or they, they were required to seek a, um, a warrant, which we later discovered that they did not do because things really began um, to become a little bit more dramatic the next day. I was gainfully employed, taking care of my family, but I took the week off of work because I could see that there was something not right unfolding before us, and I wanted to be there to address it and protect my family. Amen. Amen. You know, just like any other good father and mother would. So um, we had this huge police scene on uh, March 30th, 2016, uh, where police officers from the Louisville Metro Police Department, this happened in Jefferson, Kentucky, or excuse me, Jefferson County, Kentucky which does encompass the Louisville metro area. 
And um, they came up to our, our door with a CPS person and they said, I need you to open the door. You lost custody, lost custody of all seven of your kids. And, and they oh wanted us to open the door and just give them our kids. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah. And so we were asking them why they were there. They would never explain to us why they were there. And uh, so after two hours of this, going back and forth, I showed them the good health document that we got from the second practitioner um, on March 28th. And they said that they had a verbal order from a judge that we were to give them our kids. Now, you know, they had no service of process. They had no documentation, which they were required to provide by law. And so um, none of this looked right to us. And so after two hours, like I said, of this going back and forth, they never really said why they were there, who they were there for. Uh, we, we suspected based on events leading up to that day that it has something to do with our daughter, Amy. And that's why we provided them the good health document. So after they saw that, then, then, you know, um, the, the, the scene really exploded because, um, it kind of grew to where we had like seven or eight police cars. Um, Terry called an, uh, a local news agency. And then when, once that happened and they came out and started filming, then it kind of took a turn where it seemed like, well, they really weren't interested in being there. Yeah. So, more, so let, me, let me ask something here, Mark. Let me, let me clarify. <clears throat> You're in the, what people have been told is the conservative state of Kentucky. Okay. You're, you're down in my neck of the woods. Uh, Kentucky, I consider sort of, you know, southern here because uh, I'm in South Carolina. And you've got, you, you, you've got cops who are coming out there without, a, without an order, without a warrant, without any of this stuff. And you're saying there's how many cops showing up? Six or seven cars? Yeah, six or seven cars. And uh, initially it was just two, Tim. And then after, you know, they could see that we were not going to open the door to them amen terry called 911 and because we felt that something was not looking right here and so they sent out additional officers and so we had you know so the scene just grew it was really dramatic and then like i said the news agency came out and then everything seemed to take on a different tone after that and so um i just want to make it known for everybody right now that um you know we we live down the street from terry's father and he has a girlfriend whose brother uh, was on the Louisville Metro Police Department at the time as a lieutenant. He was a major at one time, and we later discovered he got busted down for something. For what, we don't know. But we suspect that maybe he was involved in this. And, and she was um, custody. And she eventually got custody of our kids. And we'll move on to that here in a few minutes. You know, I just want to try to highlight the key points here, Tim, because there's a lot to our story. But um, we we want to bring forth what's happened to us because this same thing is unfolding across the United States. And even in some of our Western allies countries where, um, you know, kids are just, you know, people are just showing up, making allegations and, and stealing their kids. Yep. I know. And so for us, what happened was, um, the conservative state, Bevin. yeah, well, you know, you talk about the conservative state, <laughs> we had who we thought was, well, the governor at the time was Matt Bevan, who, you know, everybody thought that he would be like a freedom loving, yep. you know. Yeah, he's uh, a turncoat, too. Yeah, right. So anyway, what happened for us is, you know, these guys uh, show up and then there's so and then they leave after two hours. And so um, there was another week or so that went by and uh, 
you know, we're thinking, well, if you're here for something in respect to our children and you're calling it an emergency, why would you leave and not come back? And so, on the, and so there was a few other things that happened. Um, we had service of process uh, um, after an attempt to get us into the court on April the 1st. Um, they were serving documents to us that were not in accordance with state law. Um, you know, there should be a group of documents that were served. And yet some of these things were flowing out piecemeal over, over a few days, like a service of summons and then a petition that we never really got until about two weeks after all of this stuff started to unfold. So n- there was no compliance on their end by any of the provisions of state law that are supposed to be in place to protect the people. And so um, what happened was on the advice of counsel, which ended up being some really bad advice, and some consultation, spiritual guidance to our church pastor, I ended up going to court on April the 6th with a good health document, thinking that if I just go in here, show this good health document, have my daughter with me, that they can see that she's fine. Amy knew that she was fine. Uh, She had told them that she was fine on March 30th. We had all the windows open in our house. They could see what was going on, um, that the kids were fine. Uh, So I go in here, and there's no attempt. to, you know, that, oh, she's in imminent danger. We need to get her to the hospital right away. Even though when we initially, when they initially tried to get us in court on April the 1st, we did not go because we had suspicions as to the legitimacy of the, of what they were doing. And I, I tried to get a letter uh, to the court, um, by the police to inquire further as to what was going on. Um, and then we had some additional issues with a car being shut down and some other things. And so, um, after that first attempt to get us into the court on April the 1st, we had the CPS supervisor come with another relative to our home in the afternoon and attempt to serve court process. Now, under court rules and procedure in the state of Kentucky, um, I can't reference the exact one right now, but there is one that states um, that CPS is not authorized or social services is not authorized to serve court process in respect to a child welfare thing. So this was another indicator of a fraudulent thing going on. And, um, but I went to court on April the 6th and what happened there was, um, you know, like I said, there was no attempt to get Amy immediate care, even though the allegation based on the documents we had received from the CPS supervisor on April the 1st indicated that she was in imminent danger. Um, so when the proceedings unfolded, showed this good health document, judge looked at it for a couple minutes. Amy stood up, um, said she didn't want to go to the hospital. The judge basically lectured her, told her to sit down, ordered her to the hospital against her will. And uh, one thing I just want to in- inject real quick here before I continue on the sequence is under under the state of Kentucky law on the nature of the allegation. The allegation was that we failed to get Amy medical treatment due to a diagnosis of anorexia nervosa. Now, Anorexia nervosa, Tim, is a mental health condition, and um, there's a very strict process that they're required to follow under state law in respect to the care of a child who has that alleged condition. They did not follow that. So none of the provisions of KRS 645, and people can look this up to see what all that is if they want, um, were not followed in respect to our case. It may have prevented the taking of our other six kids, but what happened was is uh, they ordered Amy to the hospital. That did not happen. They put her in the care of two people who eventually got custody of all seven of our children. And uh, they went back to our house, began moving Amy's things out of our house down to the other residents. They did not take her to the hospital right away. And they did not follow another provision of state law that required 
that requires government officials do the transport for the order of a judge in such a manner. So um, later that evening on April the 6th, um, they did eventually take Amy to the hospital against her will and they kept her there for 10 or 11 days. They put me in jail without charging me with a crime as a way to go about getting her other six kids. And uh, the judge called Terry from the courtroom and told her that, you know, I'm ordering you to release your, your other six kids and they were going to hold on to me. Uh, they were going to hold me hostage basically until she released the other, uh, the other six kids, which eventually did happen later that night. I was told initially that I was just going to be detained until they could get a hold of the other six kids. That did not happen. They kept me there for an additional 22 hours and even led me to believe I may have to stay there until my next court appearance on April the 13th, on April the 13th. Good thing was, is that Terry was working some things on the outside. And then the next day after 22 hours after being incarcerated, um, they, they did eventually release me. And then that began the unfolding of a long running journey. Um, and I'll touch upon a few key points and then turn it back over to you. But um, we have been actively pursuing the reclamation of our children um, based mainly in the protections and securities of our state and federal constitutional rights. Something that I took an oath to support and defend, something that I am still bound by and something that I take very seriously. And I, 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 I thought in service that we would have people in our, our, our government who would, who would, who would uphold those things. You know, our, our declaration says that governments are instituted to secure these rights among them, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's right. But that has not happened to us, Tim. This is not happening to uh, many, many American families um, who are being broken up and destroyed in this way. And um, so for us, what we discovered through the course of our journey we were filing motions that were not going to be filed by the court appointed attorneys that we had. We eventually had to get rid of them so we could file our own motions, all of which were denied from the illegal process of the 645 to habeas corpus. Um, and then, you know, m- many other motions in respect to the unlawful taking of our children, which was a color of law kidnapping, um, as, as, uh, as you mentioned at the outset. For some people who may not know, color of law means basically that someone is using Someone in government is using the power of government um, in an unlawful way in order to inflict undue pain or harm upon yep. an American citizen. Yep. And so um, this is what they did. And then um, what we discovered in the course of this journey, we went through the process of trying to reclaim them. And then we went through a, a, a jury trial or, or excuse me, we went through a trial. And all of this, I want people to know when we talk about the fraudulent off, we can get into this maybe before we uh as we go along but the fraudulent op is is that child abuse and neglect is a crime in just about every state including the state of kentucky and so what's happening is um they're proceeding against um americans good american families and what they claim is a civil proceeding but in order to have a legitimate civil proceeding there has to be a contract between two parties and yet in this case And what's happening with families is there is no contract that exists between families and government in respect of the care of our children. That's right. And and yet they're showing up and they're, so this is part of the fraud op. They're not charging people with crimes and and mostly over 80% of the cases that we're familiar with. And so um, these things are unfolding like a script and uh, across the country and the threat to everyone is, is that um, this is all, like I said, driven by the Adoption Safe Families Act of 1997. Now, people can look up 
more about this. It's been, um, it's been embodied into U.S. code now, and they can look at a reference here. It's 42 U.S. code, chapter 7, subparts 4, and you can look at the different sections. You can read all the definitions, all the things about it there in respect to what they do. This is all driven by money that the federal government offers the states if they have an approved case plan or improved plan to do these things. Which is, un- which is unlawful, too, Mark, because they have no authority in doing that. That falls under the Ninth and Tenth Amendments. Yes, sir, that's exactly right. And so um, for us, you know, they what they wanted us to do initially from the first appointment or the first hearing after they um, released me from jail, they want people to sign on to a case plan. And this is all within um, the law that I just referenced, um, where they want to force services upon people like uh, individual group and family counseling, mental health evaluations, um, drug testing. And basically, there's a long list of things and then anything else that they want to come up with. And what we were seeing happen with other families and even what we could see happening with us is, is that they will fabricate or they will falsify evidence pursuant to those services. And some people may may wonder, well, why do they want to pu- push these services off on people where there's no crime? Well, there's more money. There's there's additional revenue streams. Our our money that we pay into Social Security that's being um, stolen or it, it's funneled out basically um, for the for the force of these services upon people. And what we saw was a lot of families do decide to go ahead and comply thinking that if I just do these things, well, I'll get my kids back. Well, it happens, but it very, very, it's a very exceptional situation where people would do actually get their kids back. And it's a long running thing where a lot of money ends up being spent, but most families, most, most parents do not get their children returned. They end up having them adopted out because the fabrications, the falsification of evidence. And so we refuse to comply on our 13th amendment right under the U S constitution. People can look that up. It's very clear about involuntary servitude that we're not, we're not, it's, it's prohibited in our country That's right. to be subject to involuntary servitude unless we've been convicted of a crime by, you know, duly, duly processed. Basically, they have due process, go before a jury of our peers. And so as part of this fraudulent operation that's happening, um, you know, they are, uh, you know. statutes against having a jury yeah. trial. Yeah. And so, you know, in the state of Kentucky, Tim, it also states that we have a right to a jury trial, which, which, which we requested because we were learning all of these things as we were going along in the process. And then they denied us our our right to a jury trial, which was unlawful, unconstitutional. And so basically they just kind of ran a very closed operation in a closed court. There was no oversight by the people. And, uh, and, and there was an adjudication made that we were that we were that we neglected our children. And it wasn't just in respect to our our daughter, Amy, and not going back to that first doctor. Once they got their train roll and they discovered we were a homeschooling family because we're Christians, uh, we're very strong in the faith and we were educating our children very successfully at home. And so they were making allegations that because our children didn't know what grade they were in um, uh, that we were neglecting them educationally. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just really, it's just really out of this world to think that you can, you know, for us, it was a cultural thing where we were educating our kids year round. We were having a lot of successes yep. with it. And, uh, 
Well, Mark, you know, let, me, let me let me ask yeah, you let me ahead. let me ask you something sure. right quick here because we yeah. were in a, si- a similar situation, and I understand what that is because sometimes they ask my kids, "What grade are you in?" and they don't they don't think in terms of grades; they think in terms of well, we're just going through our work, we're learning, we're growing. You know, some kids know more at younger ages than others, and everybody, you know, it's kind of like Little House on the Prairie where you got all kinds of ages in the schoolroom. And, uh, you know, they're they're all learning together and the youngest picks up what they can pick up and the oldest pick up what they pick up and all of that other. So I get all that. And we got 10 kids, by the way. But the but the question but the thing that is probably blowing people's minds is, well, how do you not get a, a, a jury? And I I'm pretty sure it probably works in your state like it is in ours. These CPS people, when we got into it, we were learning. They basically have. Total immunity unless they do a couple of things where they step really outside the lines. But the fact of the matter is they never charge you with a crime. In fact, when they tell you you're guilty, they don't say guilty. They use certain a term like affirmative or something. And then all the, the family court stuff is really this administrative stuff. This is the same thing they say when they, they go through your stuff and violate the Fourth Amendment when you get on a plane. They say this is, the fourth, this is a, an administrative um, action under the Fourth Amendment, which the Fourth Amendment doesn't have. It doesn't know anything about it. It just knows whether you violated or not. And I'm assuming the same thing happens there. They use it and they tell you this is administrative. We've not charged you with a crime, which then almost makes you want to make them charge you with a crime or not comply with it. I mean, that's the mindset that I got. I don't know about you, but it seems like it's the same probably over there in Kentucky as it is in South Carolina. Yeah, it, it is predominantly because it's all driven, I think, from that from the federal law fiasco that we were talking about. But Timmy, you bring us some some excellent points, <clears throat> and I want to touch upon a few of those real quick here before we move along to um, some other things. You talked about immunity, and um, you know, respect to our case, uh, state law states that if 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 these people were negligent in respect to a child welfare action that they don't have immunity, civil or criminal. And then there's another part of it at the federal level where we have a federal law and it's 42 U.S. Code Chapter 21, Section 1981. And for those who would like to look at it, it states that everyone in the jurist, under the jurisdiction of the United States has the right uh, to be subject to criminal penalty and or um, suit for civil remedy. Yep. And this goes back to the 70s. And so that is the supreme law. That is that it, that is aligned with the 14th Amendment um, in respect to equal protection of the laws. And so, you know, you can't, it's unlawful to say, oh, this group over here, you can't sue or they can't be charged with a crime. And this group over here can't. I mean, that 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 is not what our Constitution secures for us and the federal law that I just mentioned. And so in respect to our case, then what happened was, um, you know, they show up at our house making these allegations that our daughter's in imminent danger. They leave on March 30th. They really don't come back to make any attempts to secure her safety until I show up in court. They put me in jail, like I said. So, you know, if she's in imminent danger, does it not rise to the level of negligence to not take every action necessary? If you have a, a confirmed, um, something confirmed that, that shows that a child is in imminent danger, and then not even is a, is a felony crime in the state of Kentucky of wanton endangerment of a child, which, which we reported. And I want to move into the other aspect of this because we were uncovering a number of state and federal crimes that we had reported to every law enforcement agency available to us, starting at the state level um, from the Department of Criminal Investigations up to the Office of the Attorney General, the Governor, 
Um, he was Matt Bevin at the time. And the governor, the attorney general at the time was Andy Bashir, who is now the governor of the state of Kentucky. And then with all the other federal crimes, um, we went at the federal level to the FBI up to through the highest levels of the DOJ, the Department of Justice. And then we attempted to reach President Trump several times. And yet we were ignored, disregarded all along the way, never got an answer, never got remedy, never got any investigation, even though we were uncovering um, an infiltration into the court system. And we know who it is. We know the people that are involved. Uh, this involves people inside and outside of government. They're, they're basically running a racket. And it's been, on our evidence, a long-running operation that goes back probably at least 15 years. And um, the way that we arrived at this was I began seeing very similar near-exact images across CPS, family court, and police documents. And uh, we also had source documents from the girlfriend of Terry's father going back a few years. And we began seeing exact images. And so I began, we began extracting these and comparing them. And they have a defined imaging or writing style. And um, having been familiar with how things can be manipulated electronically, um, it's very clear to us on the evidence we have that this was a conspiracy to kidnap our kids. They're, they've probably been doing it with other people unknowingly. And so we brought all this forth. And I don't just have a few images, Tim. I have over a thousand of these. And I went through every letter, number, um, across the, you know, letter across the alphabet, um, on all the documents that we got, uh, that we received in the mail, uh, that I could retrieve from the court file in November of 2016. So when the time came for us to appeal, when we saw the depth of the infiltration and the conspiracy that people were involved, we felt the only avenue available to us was through the criminal justice system. And with the hope that in reporting this, that we would get justice and remedy. Well, that has not occurred. And so we sit here to this day, five and a half years later, with no justice and no remedy in a country that was established to ensure justice and domestic yep. tranquility. And, um, you know, with this and all the other assaults on our liberties, Tim, um, we want Amer the American people to know that this is a very real threat before them um, because this is happening like a script in all 50 states. There are many families in just about every county who are being affected by this. And many of them don't speak up because they're fear to, they, they fear reprisal. Uh, they feel threats to their lives or maybe with the impact on their kids. And then what's happening is, is that the amount of money that's funneled out to the states totals into the millions and billions of dollars um, once they take people's kids. Yeah. They subject people, these, these people's kids to medical experimentation. And then I'm sure you're pretty well aware of the child trafficking problem, yep. the epidemic in our country, yep. where we know that kids, even per uh, major news outlets who are reporting that a lot of kids that they're supposedly rescuing are coming out of uh, a social services situation or foster care. And so we want uh, so a couple, couple other things I want people to know is very important to them and not so much to us is that under the, the Adoption and Safe Families Act, every year the states, in order to receive additional Title IV bonus money, our, our Social Security money, um, they have to increase the number of children taken. So as you have children who are aging out, um, that they have to get proportionally more kids. And so even like for uh, parents who may get their kids back, well, these people will just go down the street and grab 10 more from someone else or, or you know, however many other families they can get them from. And, and, and so they, they have to get more every year to get the bonus money and to keep 
you know, funding uh, basically state government. I mean, essentially that that's what's happening now. Yeah. Is that they become so reliant now on the funneling of the money that they, they will just fabricate things against families and then go after them. And so, you know, pursuant to our situation, we know who's involved in this, what they've been doing. And so but here we're, we're in a position now where we have attempted to reach out to just about any attorney and any um, charity groups you could think of, beginning with like Homeschool Legal Defense Association, Liberty Council and others. And yet basically no attorney is interested in taking this on. Sometimes they give us an excuse like, well, what's more important, your rights or your children? You know, it's like, you know, if I have my rights, we're going to have our children. That's right. And other, other excuses like, you know, oh, your case is too big or we don't have the bandwidth. And even people in, in the patriot movement that's unfolding in our country now, um, you know, it's like they just see that the extent of the corruption is so deep in our judiciary and other branches of our government um, to include our legislatures. Because it's like for us, we went to all of our state and, repre- and, and federal representatives and senators that we could think of. Um, one in particular that we engaged very intensely on it was Senator Rand Paul. And uh, his office did initially engage us for a while. And we sent them a lot of information, attempt to get things to President Trump. And basically all we saw in the end was a law that was enacted back in 2019, I think it was, pursuant to the Child Abuse Prevention and Treatment Act, the CAPTA, that comes up every two years for a renewal that goes back to 1974. It's called the Mondale Act. But basically the only thing we saw was immunity amended into this law. Yep. Um, at the federal level, and it was signed by President Trump. We don't even know if he was aware of what he was signing or what was going on there. But we feel like this may have been an attempt to obstruct justice for us. And uh, so this law is out there, uh, the federal immunity. And um, so, you know, so here we sit where our children are being harmed to such a severe extent to where they have been turned as weapons against us. And I'm going to let Terry talk a little bit if we have time. Yeah. In, in, fact, in fact, we can, we can hang over a little bit more. Let me, let me ask a question here before you, you put Terry on um, where are your children now? I'm assuming your oldest daughter uh, who was 17 at the time, I'm sure she's out of that now. Where, where are your other children? Where have they been all this time? Yeah. Our, our, our youngest four, we just had a third one age out a couple of months ago. The youngest four, we think, may have been split between two couples and that they were not kept together, even though the initial court order was that they were all to be kept together. So they don't even follow the court order on the court orders on the other end. But they expect us to follow unlawful orders on our end. So we have not been able to see our younger four um, or even the five of them. Well, actually, even the younger six uh, about a month or two after they were taken, we did have some initial visits with them with the church pastor. And then they wanted us to go to like a a state sanctioned facility where we might have to pay money to visit our kids and be seen by, you know, be monitored by cameras and see through walls and things like that. And we didn't want anything to do with that. Uh, We felt like that was a violation of our fourth amendment. And then when they had the CPS people, uh, they required them to monitor our visits and they began to write things down. Well, we, we felt that in addition to the crimes that we were finding, that we had, we had to relocate. And while we were investigating the scope of the criminality that we were uncovering, there's a lot of it. Yeah. So, um, no more. You know, let, let me ask one yeah, more question. 
you you sure. said that you had talked with your pastor and things. Now this is this is going to be something that that really sticks in my crawl here. When all of this stuff went down, where was the church? Why were they not standing armed with you to protect your children in your home? See, this is this is what this is what just infuriates me because the Bible's very clear. This is from Exodus 21:16. He who kidnaps a man and sells him or he is found in his hand shall surely be put to death. This is not a, a matter for the courts, in my opinion. This is not a matter of going through stuff when, when you see these people are acting unlawful. They're violating laws left and right. E- even the cops. I know we've been brainwashed with the thin blue line stuff. These guys are the front line. They're going to be the guys who come confiscate your guns if that's put out. They're going to be the guys coming around to give the jab. All of this stuff. I want to know where your church was. Where, where are the people who say they have faith and they have faith in the God who gave that command right there that I just cited, but they won't come to their neighbors. They don't love them enough to come and stand with them against the tyrants. You want to talk about something that uh, King James pisseth me off? That's one of those things. Is where, where, is the, where was the church in all of this, Mark, for you guys? Yeah, Tim, again, you bring up a very excellent point because for us, this is a spiritual battle. Uh, we know the spiritual entities that are behind this that are driving the people in the flesh who are working all this out. But um, yeah, where is it? Where, where, where are, uh, you know, where are God's people in this? Because, you know, um, you would think that um, where you haven't been charged or convicted of a crime and the importance of the family to our country and what it says about, you know, raising our kids in the faith. And they're not getting any of this. None of our kids are getting it. They're being indoctrinated into socialism, communism, very secular mindset, which puts their spiritual lives in danger. Um, Well, what we saw was, is that they always just tell us, well, you should just do what they say. And, uh, you know, we should just comply with tyrants and despots, which goes against what I think the word says. Amen, it does. You know, and so it kind of begs the question is what's really happening within our churches, because, you know, Tim, when we went public, we were able to get out into a couple of the Clay Clark Health and Freedom Conferences. We went to one in Oklahoma. We went to one in Tampa, Florida, and uh, we're passing out, out a lot of information. And, uh, you know, um, these are being done primarily uh, in churches. And we did meet a lot of great people. And there were some people who were very concerned about what's going were very outraged. But overall, when you hand something to somebody and you're talking directly to a pastor, asking them for help who have large audience outreaches and they don't respond to you. You know, it begs the question is, well, well, why not? Because they're, because let me, let me tell you, Mark, it's because they're hirelings. They're not called of God to do anything because if they were, they would have the heart of God in there. You know, Jesus was one who said, let the little children come to me. And then he warned, he said, if you cause one of these little ones to stumble, it's better if you go out and you take a millstone and you tie it around your neck and you throw yourself in the ocean. We don't even have guys who are willing to go take somebody and go do that, let alone to to speak to somebody like that because we want them to know that God loves them and has a plan for their life and all this other nonsense that's not biblical. And, you know, I want to I want to bring this on, and then we'll give Terry a chance, and then we're going to close out the show, but we'll keep you guys over because it sounds like you have a lot of information you want to give. This is something I spoke about just about two weeks ago when we were talking about mandatory vaccinations and children and all this kind of stuff. I This was the thing that we read to every one of our children when they were born. The first words that they heard out of the womb besides, oh, you're so cute, and, you know, we love you and all this kind of stuff, was was these words. Okay, here it comes. 
Low children are a heritage from the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. See, all of this indicates that the children are the parents. They're not the states. They're the parents. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. And then it goes over into chapter 28, 128 of Psalms. And it says, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yes, thou shalt see thy children's children and peace upon Israel. And that's the Israel of God, folks. That's not some modern geopolitical post stamp piece of land. That is the people of God. I told you, read Ephesians 2, 11 and following. You'll see God made from the two, one new man. The ones who are far off, the Gentiles, have been brought in. Now they're part of the commonwealth of Israel. Okay? So we're, we're Israel. If you have the faith of Abraham, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are part of Israel. That's just the way it is. Okay? And God says his blessings come through those those children. Now, uh, Mark, we're going to get ready to close out here. And before I do that with the radio audience, I want to tell them uh, you can finish the, the interview that we're going to conduct with Mark and Terry here on beforeitsnews.com, top of the page there, sonsoflibertymedia.com, right side of the page, dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, or if you're on Twitch and you want to join us over there, at setting brushfires. In either case, uh, we're going to continue with Mark and Terry here in just a little bit. We're going to bring Terry on and let her speak about it. But you guys also have a website. It's called uh, LetOurChildrenGo.wordpress.com. And this, you guys have set this up. We'll, we'll, we'll let you tell a little bit about it after we close out the show here. But uh, this is set up to help families just like yours who have been targeted by CPS in their states and are looking for help and support. And you guys are trying to provide some of that. People can go to letourchildrengo.wordpress.com and uh, check out the the, uh, the site there. And then you guys have all kinds of resources, and you can contact. And I think this is this is a great resource to be using because a lot of people, when they get in these situations, I know I was one of them at the time. You go, "What do I do?" And then you start looking online, and you start seeing that everybody's saying, "Be careful! Don't poke the bear," because they basically have this kind of immunity that's there and they can do a lot of the stuff of whatever they want to do. And so it's just, uh, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's getting busy here in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> Somebody was making it. Maybe close it out. Um, yeah, on it's, this segment. We really appreciate the additional time, but I just want to well, make Mark, we're, we're, we're out, we're out of time for the, for the end of the show. Let me let you pick it up on the other side, folks. Join us on sons of Liberty media.com right side of the page. Click on the, uh, the video there and blow it up. Bradley be on with you at 3 PM Eastern, 2 PM central today. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow for Rotten of the Core Wednesday with Comic Core Diva Lynn Taylor, 6 a.m. See ya. Okay, we want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And, uh, Mark, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just saw we were short on time, and I didn't want to let you get into something and have to cut you off again. So go ahead and continue your thought, man. Yeah, well, thank you, Tim. I didn't know how short we were there, and uh, I really do appreciate the additional time. But one thing I want to make mention, uh, based on what you were saying, and just a few other things before we turn it over to Terry, this is a we the people we the people problem in addition to many others. Our government is not responding. We don't have a government that is of, by, and for the people anymore. So we have to decide among ourselves what kind of government in a country that we're going to have. Our freedom is our responsibility. 
and we need to join together. To, you know, we need, we need to set aside some of the petty differences, I think, that separate people uh, and join together in what is really the real threat before us. And, um, you know, you talked about the websites, and we have two of them now uh, for the people who are picking this up on the other side. Uh, we actually were able to move over to letourchildrengo.org so they can also access that site. And I'll let Terry talk a little bit about that. But we also launched another one pursuant to what we were seeing on the broader scope, uh, not just in respect to the theft and breakup of people's families and, and, and you know, the indoctrination of their children and foster care and all that. But uh, so we have an additional site um, for all patriots who want to join together and um, saving our country, basically, and preserving and protecting our freedoms. It's, it's the Heritage and Freedom Coalition. People can find this at h3fc.com. They can reference this site um, for more about what happened to us, what's happening to other American families, and maybe even take in a couple other stories of what's happening to some other other parents. And, and this is an upstart thing. We're growing it. Um, we have a lot going on. Um, I do want to make people aware of one thing we weren't able to touch upon before. As part of the overall destructive impact, Tim, what's happening is they will come after um, people for child support. Um, even though there may not be a relationship issue between the husband and wife. And such is the case with us. So they have come after nearly $40,000 of my military pension um, after they steal our kids. And now they're stealing our money, even though they're getting a lot of Americans' money, like I said, millions of dollars to to basically take them. And so – um, in some cases, they will even place parents on child abuse and neglect registries, which makes it very difficult uh, to get meaningful employment. And so even if you can get a job or, you know, it's very hard to maintain a sustainable livelihood when they're coming after you for large amounts of child support. And such has been our case. So we've been in a homeless situation pretty much these last five and a half years. We've been finding ways to get by every day. We've been trusting in God to do that. He has been faithful in providing and uh, in reaching out to the American people, you know, we consider ourselves warriors in this fight, along with many others. And so um, part of our outreach and uh, ministering to others, we believe very strongly, I think it's in Ephesians 6, 8, where it says that whatever good anyone does, he will receive back from Amen. the master. Yep. And so, That's right. Um, we believe very strongly in that. We made that our platform from the very beginning when we were thrust into this, that we wanted to reach out to other families. And uh, we had a very large following in Terry's Twitter account, a forgotten American and no longer ignored. Um, over 40,000 followers. We were able to make a lot of great connections, like with General Flynn's sister, Mary Flynn O'Neill, who did a lot of interviews with us. And we're getting back in the inter- interview circuit, starting with you today. And uh, hopefully we can get back with you for a follow-up. But um, Yeah, I'd like um, that. There's a lot more, yeah, because there's a lot more to this. But, um, you know, we want people to to wake up to, to the reality of what's going on, because these people will fly under a lying narrative, like this is in the safety and best interests of children. And this has nothing to do with safety and best interests of children. It's all about the money to trafficking and uh, the other experimentation. Um, you know, where there's no crime, then there's really no legitimate matter. And that's what I was talking about in respect to the fraud op. And uh, the, the, the overall effects on families is extremely destructive. And then even in emotional ways and their development ways, because when they take kids, Tim, they're in their, their most critical stage of life where they're developing mindsets, worldviews on what will carry them through the rest of their life. And like for our case and many other families, five and a half years of lost memories where we are not in the picture. Yeah, I know. And so this is just an outrageous atrocity and it really pains our hearts. And so I'm going to let Terry um, 
check in with you so you all can hear from her in respect to uh, a mother's heart and the damage um, that has been done or is being done uh, to the children, especially because they are the future of our country. So here's my wife, Terry. Hi, Tim. Thanks so much for allowing us to come before your audience. Yeah, sure. Thank you for the extra time. Um, I don't know if you had any specific questions for me. Uh, There were a few things I wanted to touch on before, before we get off the line with you, as far as um, the the work that we're doing uh, with other families. Um, So it's, it's real. You you mentioned Jim White um, earlier and we are so appreciative of him and the work that he, that he did and he put in to helping expose what this system is doing to families all across our country I mean, he was just a true warrior in that. Amen. And when, when we ended up going public with our story, which we didn't do for quite a while, because like Mark said, we were trying to um, work our situation through the uh, lines of our government, uh, hoping that we would eventually come across someone um, it, through that that would be able to assist us uh, with rescuing our family without having to, uh, you know, air our story out to the public. But we always knew, I think, that if that failed us, that the, our last line uh, would be to the, the people of our country. And uh, we've seen a, a lot of uh, care and love shown to us uh, from the outreach that we've we've done. And so when we ended up going public with our story, Jim uh, White at Northwest Liberty News was actually um, the first person that we did an inter- you know, who did an interview with and got our story out for us. So we really appreciate all the hard work that he's put in into this effort. And um, so what we ended up doing was um, as part of of working this situation and it it really was um, a sort of a form of therapy for me was to be able to reach out and connect with all the other families um, across the world that this is happening to. And out of that uh, grew what eventually has become the organization that we're starting, Let Our Children Go. So that's still really in the beginning stages. Um, We hope to grow that into the future. But like you said, when you're thrust into this, you go online, right? And you start looking for like what's happening. And so when I did that, when this happened to us, I noticed that there seemed to be a lot of resources out there, but they were all over the place. And so one of the things that I wanted to do with Let Our Children Grow go is that I wanted to take all of those resources and have them in one place for people. So that's one of the aspects of, um, of let our children go a part of our mission about revealing what's happening to the American people, because knowledge is power. And we believe the more people that become aware of what's happening to families, the more support we will get for those families and, and it'll come to the forefront to where people will start to demand something, something change. And we're seeing that happen ever so slowly, but, um, it, but it is happening. 
And so anybody that um, wants to be an advocate for families, wants to help families, or this has happened to you, I mean, there's so many different aspects to this, Tim. I'm sure you know, as far as the whole family court system, Yep. Um, whether CPS gets involved or not, what they do uh, between couples that end up, you know, being separated and, and, and what they do uh, to either fathers or mothers as far as uh, letting them see their children. And then you've got the whole CPS, CPS aspect of it. So what we're hoping to do with letourchildrengo.org is to have those resources available, available for people, but it is really in the infancy stages. And we do hope to eventually maybe, you know, turn it into to something much bigger than what it is now. Um, so I just want people to know that that's out there. Uh, if you want to get involved, it's letourchildrengo.org. And you can find us on Telegram. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Gab, um, Twitter. As Mark mentioned, my Twitter account, they did shut my big account down, but I... I did have a smaller one. They eventually let me back on over there uh, to with my Let Our Children Go. And I know how people feel about being a part of those big tech companies. But for me, it's about sh- spreading the awareness. That's I right. want to get the word out to as many people as I can. And as long as they allow me to do that, I feel like it's important because I'm reaching different pe- different kinds of people in each of those different kinds of venues, right? So, um, yeah, Terry, one of the, here's one of the things that we say here, or at least I believe, and I'm pretty sure Bradley believes it too. This is the way he is, the way he is, is that, uh, all that is on the earth belongs to our father and (laughs) his heir, the Lord Jesus. And if we're in Christ, we're heirs and joint heirs with Christ of all things. And so even these big tech platforms are ours. They're, they're ours in the sense that we are to press the crown rights of King Jesus on those things. And so as long as we have a voice on it, we're going to be on it. And uh, I agree with you in doing that. I want to toss out this, too. Um, of course, it's been at the front when you guys have been speaking. I've been having it for the video audience. But um, this is the, um, the, the site that they can go to if they would like to help you guys uh, financially. And it is givesendgo.com forward slash saving our families. Pretty simple. Give sendgo.com forward slash saving our family. And I'll have these links to the websites that's been mentioned here. I'll have those up in the archive later this morning, sonsoflibertymedia.com across another another uh, a number of other websites as well. So um, you know Terry, if you can send me your Telegram, your Instagram, all these social media outlets, any of that that you want to, me to include in that, I'm happy to put that on, and we'll have that up in a couple of hours, folks. You'll have the video portion, the uh, the podcast, and all of the stuff that we've talked about here this morning, all the links and everything. So you'll have it in one little package that you can uh, you can do what you need to do, or you can share it with other people as well. Yes, Tim, thank you so much. And then I also wanted to let people know they can reach us through email at letourchildrengo at protonmail.com. Letourchildrengo at protonmail.com. And anybody that wants to help, I mean, you know, people will make comments and, uh, uh, you know, about our situation or about the situation in general. And what I ask people to do is just please share the information. Every, you know, a lot of people are on social media. If you can just take a link, a story, and and just share it with 
with, you know, your followers, your family, your acquaintances, because getting the information out um, is so important. And, and, you know, people say, oh, well, people know what's going on. Well, a lot of people don't know what's going on. I mean, we felt like we were pretty informed about things. We knew about CPS, but until this happened to us, we had no clue how bad it was and how uh, corrupted it was within the justice system, within the court system, as Mark mentioned. I mean, we went to the state police, the governor, the attorney general, the DOJ, the FBI. I mean, he didn't get into all the stuff we did. I mean, we were at the FBI office a lot. <laughs> I mean, and that's, you know, it's scary. It's well, intimidating. We're, you know? Well, we're finding the, out the FBI's in on a lot of this child trafficking, too. Them and the CIA, they're they're in on it too. Um, I could tell yeah. you the stories. You know, I was listening to somebody. Oh no, I was listening to you guys interview last night. I was trying to think where I heard it, and you guys brought up the uh, um, Nancy Schaefer down in Georgia. Well, right. I I talked to a lady who had to move to Mexico. She had been involved she had had children by one of the guys who bombed the WTC in 1993 this woman had she had a, a what what do you call it Aut- she was she had autism but she could remember these little details about everything they had went to visit colleague Sheikh Mohammed who was in Georgia um, the FBI was running cover for that. We had some documents that she had sent me regard, with regard to that. She was the one feeding Nancy Schaefer a lot of the information that she had gotten because of the fact they knew that there was a, a child trafficking, uh, not a ring, it was uh, something else that they called it, but they were running it from the East Coast over to the West Coast, mainly in the, I think it was the San Diego area. That's what I want to say it was, the San Diego area. And out from that, they would distribute children out throughout the world. And she told me at the time, you remember uh, what was the guy who was the Pope who stepped down, Rat rat Singer? Uh, she mm-hmm. said, he's in on it. He knows about mm-hmm. it. He knows what's going on. And she ended up having to get one of her kids out and flee to Mexico and one of her other kids was the best she could figure out was kept in some kind of box somewhere in, in California. I don't know how you even deal with that as a parent. I, I just I don't know how you deal with it. But the but the thing that bothers me most about what I'm hearing here, and I know some people have some questions. I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions from the from the, the chat group here. But some people, you know, they find it so hard to believe is because they haven't experienced it. And what they do is they isolate the families out. They threaten them. They have no authority to be threatening them. And most parents don't even, they're they're like, what in the world went on here? Because we had the same thing, same stuff. A doctor who we never spoke to, never saw our kids, is the one who called, and he's in another county in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, called the CPS office. They got some fat, heavy, doesn't look after her kids woman to come to our house tell me to get my dog, and wanting to talk to me. And this is the thing. The, the people who are doing what they're supposed to do with their kids, are, they're, they're sacrificing. Mom's staying at home to teach them. Dad's working hard so that mom can do that. And all of these things, and they love their kids. My dad was 70 years old at the time. He said, I have never seen anything like this in my life. He said, it wouldn't take people five minutes to walk in your house and know you love your kids and your kids love you. They, they just wouldn't know it. But the people have no idea. Unless you've had them come into your house, and question you, or go through nine months or whatever, or years like you guys have done. You don't. You don't know. You cannot comprehend 
the devilish nature of what's going on in CPS. It is not a good thing. I don't care. You can sit here and try to justify it. You can say you're Christian working in that thing. You can do that all you want to. It is a bad thing because it's not government's responsibility. There's enough evidence out there to show the trauma and the harm that happens to children in the foster care system. Uh, You know, you hear about the liberals going on about the children being separated at the border. Oh, that's traumatic to be separated from your parent. Okay, and then you have all the mainstream media stories. All you got to do is go go into your search engine and put in foster parent arrested or foster child murdered or foster child sexually abused. abused. Yep. Start getting story after story. So. Don't tell me that this system is to take care of children when there's mainstream media evidence out there showing the harm that it does to children. So anyone that has any questions, they've been a foster parent, they've adopted kids, just go and look up Georgia Senator Nancy Schaefer and start watching her videos before she was murdered and see what she said about the system. It's not that children should not be protected, but the system that we have in this country and in other Western nations is not sufficient. It's not good for the children. You know, I I read stories of of kids that were foster kids and they're adults now, um, or they were adopted and they talk about the trauma from being adopted, even if they were maybe raised in a, in a family that wasn't abused. There's trauma there. When you are That's taken right. away from a natural family, you have that trauma. So the system is not good, and we need as many people as we can waking up. And I'll tell you, Tim, the left is waking up to this, too. You know, the story that came out the other day about BLM standing up against the, the vaccine stuff. You know, you talk about we're so divided in this country, but there are certain things in our country that thankfully, regardless of what side of things we may be on politically, people are coming together on these issues. There's a big movement uh, for exposing CPS on the left, too. And, you know, so we just all need to continue to speak up and to show up and to stand up for the families that this is happening to. It's not right. You you cannot take somebody's child without charging them with a crime. If you're going to take somebody, if, if it's bad enough to take their child, it's bad enough to charge. That's exactly right. And the reason they don't charge you with a crime is so they don't have to put you in front of a jury uh, so they can do this administrative thing. So you have to find a way to do that. And I'm going to tell you, um, I'm done with, with being nicey nice with the people. If I, if anonymous people are going to do it, I learned my lesson the first time that if people come to this house, you better have said goodbye to your family if you're if you're thinking about taking my kids. That's just the way it is. I've said that in my mind because I learned from the first experience what they do. And if you don't know, you're kind of thrown into this this mindset that I don't know what to do, and so I'm just going to do whatever I'm told. And and it's right. that it's that fear. It's a fear of not knowing what to do that that kind of puts you in that situation. But, uh, you know, I've already determined that, so that's for me. But we got a question in here. What happened to your children who have come out? Did, did they come back home? Do, do you restore a relationship with them? Or are they, have they been brainwashed? Have they been abused? I mean, what's, what's happened to your kids who've come out of that system 
And do you get do you get any kind of updates? Do you get to talk with your kids on the phone, see them or anything, the ones that are still in that? Well, I'd like for Mark to come in on this, too, because he has some good insight on this. But I want to say something first, that um, what we saw once we started being able to reconnect with our children that were that were of age, you know, um, and so we could communicate freely with them was that they were they were um, they were not living a lifestyle that we would have liked to have seen them living as adults. Um, they had basically been, um, I don't know if you want to call it brainwashed, but, um, you know, uh, especially one in particular was, um, encompassing things that, uh, we did not want <laughs> to see as, as happening to our children as they went into adulthood. I mean, we have faith that that's that, you know, we believe that God will work out all things out for good uh, in the end. And we're, and we're working on those relationships. Some they're very strained. Uh, so we've got three of those right now we're working on. One of them is going better than two of them. You mentioned about coming back home and Mark said they have put us in such a, a situation financially that um, we we don't have a home for our children to come to and to heal. And that's another travesty of this system. Mark mentioned that they are taking his military pension right off the top. He doesn't even, it doesn't even hit the bank um, because, you know, they federalized the child support system. So his military pension, he, you know, they take part of that right off the top. It doesn't even get in the bank. And then they are coming after us separately for child support. So even though we've been married for 23 years, all seven of these children are from our marriage. Not only are they coming, they don't just come at, at us as a couple for child support. They come after each of us separately. So they come after him for child support. And then they come after me for child support. And whereas I did not work outside the home, um, it, uh, raising our children, we were a homeschooling family. Our oldest was 17 years old. They had always been homeschooled. So I'd, I'd been in the home. Um, but now they are telling me that I owe the state child support in addition to what they say, you know, what they take from Mark. So it's a very difficult situation. And I'm thankful um, to you for sharing our fundraiser, um, because anybody who does want to help us in that way, it's greatly appreciated. Uh, we, we really appreciate the folks over at Give, Send, Go, which if people don't know about that, it's sort of like an alternative to GoFundMe. Um, uh, the work that they're doing there and a lot of, I think, patriots are starting to, to use their company more. I think one of the guys is Amen. a veteran that started that. But it's so if anybody wants to uh, help us with that, if you if you can just share it, that would be greatly appreciated. It's give, send, go dot com forward slash saving our family. And um, so, you know, it's it's really heartbreaking because we want to be able to heal uh, with our relationships with our children and having a home to bring them to to do that would be would be great. And we are fighting. We we're talking. We're continuously, you know, looking for attorneys, talking to attorneys. I mean, being involved with what we were with Clay Clark and the Reawaken America tour, we were able to make some great connections there, talk to attorneys, 
and which has led to more attorneys, which is leading to more attorneys. And, you know, we're just um, hopeful that eventually we will come across one who is compassionate enough with what's going on with families, because we think that our our case, if we were able to move forward with it and get a positive judgment that it could have a big effect for a lot of other families in our country Amen. to set a precedent for um, to help stop what this um, what these people are doing to families. Um, we are fighting for our four younger children to be returned to us. Um, once this whole COVID thing started and they started, you know, talking about giving it to the children uh, with the school, you know, in the school, new school year starting. And as you know, uh, Kentucky having um, a Democratic, a Democrat governor now, they're really, you know, pushing that in that state. And so we have been trying to find someone that can help us protect our younger four children from being administered this shot. Um, so that's another additional concern now that we're dealing with and trying to find a way to stop it or at least limit it. If they've already done it to them, you know, to not keep giving it to them because now they're giving the boosters out. Um, so and it's just I know that, you know, Tim, that what the situation that that they put families in, it's like. They're just set up, they set it up for families to fail. And that's not how the system should be. It it should be to where um, if a family, you know, if they want to say, you know, if they say, oh, we have to take your child because, uh, you know, you're homeless or we have to take your child because you can't afford to give them this or whatever. But then they get, they take them and then they start giving the money to the foster parents. I mean, I don't see how people can't you know, see how wrong this is. Oh, it's, yeah, it's crooked. It's crooked and it's criminal. It's crooked and it's criminal. I want to let Mark address some more of that question about as far as like the effect that it's had on our children and our relationship with them. Yeah. The only thing I will add to him is just a couple of things. I know you may have additional questions and I know we may be up against some limitations on time, but uh, we were able to meet with our daughter, Amy in person a couple of times um, but what became clear to us was the, the extent of the impact that they had turned her away from our Christian faith, like Terry said, her upbringing, that she had pursued a way of life that was completely contrary to that, um, that they had indoctrinated her um, into socialism and communism. Um, she was really pushing that we should just comply. It did appear that there was a push by the other people that we know that are involved toward breaking up our marriage. It didn't seem like um, there was really any interest in you know, along the lines of, of seeing the heinous assault on that and protecting that. And so, um, you know, one thing I want to say about Amy, though, she's very smart. And the outcome um, of our homeschool education with her was that within eight or nine months after she was taken, she became a governor scholar for the state of Kentucky. She won a full scholarship um, and she's 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 been actively engaged in her, her college studies um, with can, her other one. Can I ask something about now? This is the older daughter who. Uh, they said probably had some kind of anorexia or something like that. Is that correct? Okay. Now let me, let me ask you this. Does she look any different as far as weight and height and stuff like that being in the care of the state? No. When we saw her, she had, well, she had the same body type. 
Uh, she had not put on any more weight. In fact, I mean, she looked exactly the same, just taller. She's tall and thin like us. And uh, that's just her body type. And uh, she's perfectly fine. She's healthy. You know, after she was in the hospital for 10 or 11 days against her will, they did not diagnose her with anorexia or any other. That's how uh, it well, works. They, yeah. I mean, it was like an, an, an atypical thing, but they, they said, uh, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't pinpoint it. Now, in respect to our other children, because of what we had to do in respect to securing our own safety, um, we did have to get out of that state um, in order to continue our investigation with the hope of acquiring justice and remedy. <laughs> so we have not been able to speak of the younger four. Um, the other two who recently aged out, we did make a connection with one. We have a lot of hope. Um, he was able to escape some of the toxicity of what he was subjected to after he turned 18. Um, that, that was our son, Noah. Um, but, you know, in turning our kids into weapons against us, um, two of our daughters now will not will not speak to us. And, and we think it has a lot to do with the controls that they want to have in place. And who knows what other kind of things may be going on there in respect. You know, I mean, it's just a completely open thing when you look at the travesties of what they're doing with kids. And we don't know how our kids may be affected. Um, I'm sure you and your listeners are familiar with Stockholm syndrome. Um, but what happens is basically people who are taken captive, they take on the identity and the mindsets of their captors and they attempt to comply with whatever it is they're forcing upon them or, or controlling them with just so that they can get by. And so then they brainwash them. And so we've seen that um, in many of our other interviews. Um, where comments are made um, about us that are just outright false and, and just, you know, just complete lies. And uh, so, you know, we, Terry and I know that we're good parents. We know that there are many other Americans who are good, good parents. And um, when I talk about the, we, the people thing, I just want to put something out there. When your entire system fails from your representatives, your judicial system, the executive branch, your, you know, criminal justice system, um, we, the people run this country. And so when you talk about COVID and what's happening with that, you know, what people have to be very, very attuned to if you choose not to put a mask on your child or you choose not to vaccinate your child, all it's going to take is for somebody to say you're neglecting your child. They're going to call social services and they're going to come after your kids. That's already happening. We've already heard yep. of cases in other states where this is happening. Yep. And so it doesn't have to do with a doctor's visit or sending your kids to school and because they had a bruise in their arm because they were playing with their brothers and sisters the night before, these people will just make things up and they will use COVID to come after our kids. And they will stick that needle in their arm, whether you want them to or not. It's already happening. And, and we know the effects. And uh, so this is a we the people problem in addition to you know, this thing we're bringing forth. But the many other things we're looking at in respect to gun rights, you know, the limitations of government, which you touched upon, Tim. And uh, we need to get together and we aim to do this peacefully. You know, but we have to get together in our counties and our locales, have these conversations, join together, and then maybe in mass put pressure on our representatives that we demand action. Or we're going to take the we the people solution that our founders established for us because yep. the only other option is we're just going to re resign ourselves to live under more tyranny, more despotism, and uh, we're going to lose our freedom. It's already happening. And so this is what I'm putting forth as a call out to all your, all your listeners and our patriots out there, find a place to join with someone, some patriot cause, and let's all join together to fix this. It's, it's on us. And so, um, you know, we are working very intensely um, with anyone that we can. You know, we're open to working with, with good people. And like I said, we want to do this peacefully. Um, but uh, it's a huge problem. 
Um, and so I'm going to turn it back over to you, Tim, in case you have any additional questions before you close out your program. Can I say one more thing, Tim? Sure. That note, um, I know, I know the statement that you made a, a few minutes ago, uh, but uh, I just want people to know because I, I, I hear I hear these things, and um, unless people are ready to uh, go down with this, uh, they will they will come after you if you resist them. Um, I know of, of two cases specifically, one in Arizona and one in Michigan. Well, they they will they will bring in the heavy the heavy guns, basically the yep. SWAT team. And, yeah, and they will I know get they them. Will. They will get them one way or another. Whether you're still alive or not, they're going to get those kids. Well, uh, and that's and, see, this is this is, yeah, this is. Uh, let me let me put it this way: this is the reason why dealing with DC at any level on this, they've already shown themselves corrupt. You've already quoted from the uh, about the Clinton, uh, the Clintons, the Clintons, the Clintons in '97 and putting that piece of legislation in. Donald Trump did no better in signing the thing. And whether he knew it or not, it's his duty to know what he signs. That's his job as president to make sure that what he signs is actually constitutional and what he signed was not constitutional, just like a lot of stuff he did. So I want people to understand this isn't right and left. They're on the same team there. People got to understand that. We got one constitution. It doesn't have a right and a left. There's one. We got one law of God. There's one. It's not a right and a left. In fact, we're warned not to go to the right and left. Read the book of Joshua, chapter 1, and you'll see that that's what God told him not to do. So when we're dealing with this, one of the things, guys, and I'll just let you guys know, maybe you want to look into it and be a part of it. The people are the solution. Mark, you're exactly right. The people are the solution, and the solution comes through two main things, and we've talked about this. I'll have the links on in the archive if you haven't heard it. It's through tacticalcivics.com. Learning the civics, installing the grand jury, the citizens' grand jury in each county, so that we, the people, can take matters into our own hands in bringing evidence there, in creating the indictments, and then the reformation of the Constitution Militia, which is the law enforcement arm, Article 1, Section 8, 8 Clause 15 of the Constitution, to enforce that law and to arrest those who have been indicted. We can do this in our own counties with CPS and forget all this other stuff. We go right to the law. We bring justice to bear on that. I want to encourage people to do that. By the way, we had, um, uh, you guys probably heard of him when Jim was doing the stories there, because Jim and I used to do radio a long time ago, and it's still friends, and I, I, I was just in awe he, uh, of the work that he was doing and giving people like yourselves, you know, that, that opportunity to speak out and give voice to the people who've been, uh, you know, had crimes committed against them by CPS. And Neil Suits, uh, uh, Suits was one of those guys, and he was in, this was a guy who had sued Dr. Phil, and he was yeah. in Switzerland, and they were going after his kids. So yeah, we know him. he's a great guy. Yeah, and all of this, all of this happens, and nobody's standing up. And this is why, uh, you know, Mark, I was asking, you know, where's the church in all this? Because, uh, you know, I've talked to my pastor, and he's really excited about what we're going to be doing with trying to reinstall the grand jury and the militia here in in our county in South Carolina, and he wants to be a part of that because if if it happens to one family, it can happen to another, and so. Yeah, fine. Let them bring out the SWAT team. But if you start getting families of and men coming armed to homes to protect those homes and those families, and that gets out on the news, and they're going to bring a SWAT team in for that, do you really think they want that shown on the television? No, they're going to back down. They're, they may come back a different way, but they're going to back down off of that. But this is the thing. The people have to band together. you got to love one another to do that. 
And if you don't love your neighbor enough to protect them and defend them and their families, then you don't, how can you say you love God? I mean, that's, isn't that what John tells us in the first epistle of John? You, you can't say that you love God when you don't love your fellow man. So in any case, uh, let me close out the show here. Mark and Terry, hang on and I'll say goodbye to you off air. Guys, um, we really appreciate your time. We really do. And for telling your story. And yet you're more than welcome to come on anytime for updates and things of that nature. We want to be there for support for you guys. Guys, check out Bradley, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com later today. Uh, look for the archive. That will be going up this morning with all the links in case you want to help um, the uh, the statements here. And also, 6 a.m. tomorrow, Rotten to the Core Wednesday, we'll have the Common Core diva Lynn Taylor on with us. Till then, see ya.